you know that meme that's on Instagram at the moment where it's like, I wish I could see a 30 second trailer of a person so I know what I'm getting myself into. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, I feel like I have that. Wow. You know, I feel like I can see a 30 second trailer yeah. of a person before I involve myself with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God, I hope so my trailer good. was okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm like now. I'm like, no, it's purple, totally fine. Purple I totally, sounds good. Yeah, no, purple is good. <laughs> And welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I am delighted to welcome my guest to studio this week. Freelance journalist Ashling Keenan is with us and also Denise Curtin, content creator with her.ie is here too. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank Long time you. follower, first time meeting. Yeah, doesn't feel ish. like it. But no, it doesn't feel like it at all. I slid into Ashling's DMs. <laughs> um, which my favorite, I my favorite type yeah, of thing. Of course you know. she did. I do it quite frequently, actually, mm. when I'm getting in touch with guests. And uh, I was surprised that I didn't have previous messages in there because I felt yeah. I felt like I knew you. Yeah, I feel like that too. With a lot of people on the internet, which is completely creepy. I know, isn't it? Yes. That's what social media does. Like, it makes yeah. you feel like you know everything about someone you might not have even met. It's I know. Madness. So, ladies, we're going to start with our game. But first off, I just thought I would ask you how your day is going because I am having... An absolute nightmare day today. Already? Already. <laughs> I was so happy in the car on the way to work, right? I was like, it's Friday. We record on a Friday. This will be going out later, but it's a Friday. You know the way you just have that kind of Friday feeling? All the DJs on the radio were a little bit giddy. Yeah. Everyone was just in a good mood. Um, and then couldn't find any parking. When I got into work, I opened my cereal, I pulled my cereal out of the um, press the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So honey nut loops all over the <laughs> kitchen floor in the office and my nail broke. So oh, well, that's the ultimate female disaster. Isn't I mean, it? Like a it, broken nail. It is. And it's just <laughs> tiny little things. I was feeling too cocky in the car. Are, are your, is your day going a little bit better? I have to say I haven't had as many, you know, activities this morning <laughs> with you. But um, no, my day's going pretty well, actually. I have to say yes yeah. good not too bad it's going well as well i woke up really early this morning because i had to be in work for 7 a.m so i was feeling very sorry for myself but it's picking up okay absolutely that's good it's turning around the cereal was a huge low point for me <laughs> to be honest with you. i looked at it for a while and i thought is this something that i can get away with do you do this often because there's sugar everywhere yesterday and i was like it looks like you've the sugar wasn't me okay. no i saw that but somebody walked away somebody spilled sugar all over the kitchen <laughs> a hit and run <laughs> and <gone>. then <laughs> walked away i was looking at this like when i say it was the whole pack of of honey nut loops i think that's what they're called i don't know they're from little anyway um and they were all over the floor there was just no way that i could have walked away from it Huh? Three second room? Did you put them into a bowl? Probably no. couldn't have eaten them, no. I, I don't think I, I don't oh, think I would ever eat something that falls on the floor in like an office. Because, yeah, oh, oh God. You no. know, maybe in your home, maybe, but yeah. not in things that, that are washed in an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still dodge. Bring in your own disinfectant wipes. <laughs> yeah. like I was drinking tea from a glass there yesterday <laughs> and I got terrible stick for it. Oh, like, absolutely. Well, I didn't realise that it was the, such a bad thing to drink tea from a glass. We all drink from keep cups with our, yeah. with our glass. Yeah. It's just that the glass that you were drinking from was a glass that we used to have tequila in, in the office. Fair. On a rowdy <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Maybe so. that's what you're after though. <laughs> Like a little, a little chaser with tea, your tea. Tequila, fake <laughs> like me a off. placebo, you're thinking it is tequila, it is tequila. Uh, it was delightful anyway. Right, let's play our game. Let's okay. play our six words or less. So okay. you have to describe yourself in six words or less and it's for any of our listeners and readers of her who may not know who you are. So it can be a sentence or it can be a word, okay. whatever grabs your fancy. So I've decided on check Instagram, brevity isn't my forte. Oh, that's good. 
Okay. That's very good. <laughs> because how can you put, like, how can, I, I could not possibly put anything about myself in six words because I'm a writer and we're taught to use all the words. Mm-hmm. Use all the words, That's, that's yeah. literally what, you know, day Absolutely. one in university, get the words out, start using them. I love that. Alison <laughs> Spittle gave a similar one. She said, can't be described in six words. And I was like, brilliant. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, but most people do. Most people give, <laughs> give it, most people give it a shot. My, <laughs> my other option was Beyonce, 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 Beyonce. But I just also, thought that that was brilliant. too, you know, just. They do tell us not to do too much repetition in college as well <laughs> yeah, when you're too. being a writer. Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Denise, six words or less. This is just getting ridiculous. This Denise. is getting ridiculous. Now, you introduced this game as for people who don't know you. I've been on this show now a dozen times. So people know you. Yeah. So I feel like people know me and I'm running out of words to describe myself. So it's a bit like college too. You know, like okay, yeah. if you were copying someone else's work and you yeah, try and yeah, yeah. find a word to change mm. it, I'm doing that with all okay. my words the entire time. This is just a fun exercise for me, <laughs> for Denise to continue to have to describe herself in Has six words. Has anyone ever made you do it? Um, uh, eh, no. no. I've done it the odd time, okay. but like, no, not really. Yeah. Probably never going to do it either, Ashley. You did it one time. I've done it, I've done it well, once or twice, yeah, yeah, but it's my game. It's your game <laughs> and it's torture I'm for me. Yeah. But anyway, okay. I'm going to say ambitious, mm-hmm. childish, Weird, reliable, loyal, and trusting. They're lovely words. Thank you. Oh, that's way better than mine. Thank you. I liked yours. I can't believe you said loyal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Love Island. That's what she's thinking. Oh, of. okay, right, Georgia. Yeah. Well, okay. it's, no, it's just loyal. It's just one of the words that is that it comes up quite frequently on the show. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. I think yeah. it's an amazing attribute mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. Loyalty is fantastic. Um, but everyone thinks they're loyal, which is great. Whether maybe I'm, I should change a game. Well, maybe I should change my game. <laughs> maybe there I should stop playing. Six <laughs> words. Any six words except loyal. Yeah. Ooh, six words not loyal. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that just Ooh, not, just toughy. No, I'm really loyal, so <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it, does no, it? Doesn't. Um, Ashling, you have yeah. a new podcast that's coming out, and we're yeah. going to talk about that a little bit later on. But up until this point. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear a little bit more about your career. So can you like give us a rundown of, of your career? Because you're a freelance mm-hmm. journalist. That's what we yeah. introduced you as as well. And I, f- I find that a lot of people are really interested in freelancing because mm-hmm. it is a tough gig. It is tough. A very tough gig. Um, but you weren't always freelance. No, I wasn't. From the very start, like from when I was two, I wanted to be a magazine journalist. My mother has videos of me literally when I was a baby flicking through magazines and commenting on the pages. So yeah. it was always in there. Um, I went I did, went to DCU and did journalism. And then from there, I did, I did a ton of um, free internships, which is uh, unfortunately mm. the way a lot of people get into journalism and into yeah. um, particularly women's magazines, which is a notoriously difficult area that's only getting more difficult yeah. um, as the years go by. Um, I So I started, I interned at Stellar. I then got a job at uh, U Magazine as staff editor um, and I did all their beauty. So I, I was kind of thrust into the beauty area, if you yeah. like, when I got there. Mm. Um, I also had a beauty column in the Irish Independent when I was about 21. And I thought when I got the email from the editor, I thought she'd the wrong person. I, I really? got back and I was like, there's absolutely no conceivable way you're looking for me but she was and thank god um <laughs> and then uh, so after you magazine I was in you magazine for really long I think I was there for like five six years maybe yeah. um and I learned so much there like that was kind of like my training ground like yeah. um Harmonia is what um the publishing company that used to publish it and they had Irish Tatler and Woman's Way at the time 
and there was just so many amazing editors that I learned everything from yeah like really in a kind of very traditional way um there was not much digital going on at the time um so I just learned all of the kind of print rules from those editors um, and then I moved on to become deputy editor of Exposure magazine oh, yeah. um, and then I became editor of Exposure magazine after a while and um, then Exposure magazine closed mm. and I lost my job yeah. my, my dream job so yeah. I had like kind of achieved the you know the thing that I'd always wanted to be I always yeah. said to anyone who would listen that I wanted to be an editor by the time I was 30 yeah and I achieved it when I was uh, 28 and then lost it so I was kind of on a high, you know, a career yeah. high and feeling real confident about everything. And then the magazine closed, like so many magazines are at the Absolutely, moment. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, in the UK, there's like more and glamour and, you know, all these ones, um, company magazine, they're all gone. Um, there's very yeah. few still, um, there's very few still publishing at the same rate that they were publishing. So even... Um, you know, you magazine now isn't isn't being printed anymore in Ireland, and yeah. so there's so loss, many. Isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously it's it's interesting <coughs> for us because we do work in digital, so it's it's one of those things. But like, I mean, I have to say, like when you were talking about growing up and stuff like that, like buying a magazine is something that I think it's not just women; it's it's women and men. Everybody has that one magazine. Like Company was kind of it for me. Like yeah. I, I used to think that it was one of those kind of alt ones, and then like, do you remember they started using the paper as opposed yeah. to it because they wanted it to be more yeah. sustainable? And mm -hmm. and I loved it. Like it was small enough; you could fit it in your handbag. Like it would take me probably about three weeks to actually get through it because yeah. like you're, you're so busy and stuff but but magazines I think like hold something special to, to each individual everyone yeah. everybody has like their favorite one that they used to read mm -hmm. when they were younger you know and yeah. still growing up it is definitely you know with the landscape changing it's hard so I'd say that must have been hard as well because like you said you were the editor and then yeah. you weren't yeah and yeah. it just I mean like for me magazines are really special and um I feel as though like I spent 10 years training to be this very particular person, this editor of a, of a print title, which is a very specific role. It, it, there obviously are transferable skills, mm. but I hadn't been trained much in digital yeah. and I hadn't really been doing, you know, look at the basics. Yeah, but not, you know, I'd really kind of dug down into the print side of things. And then that whole job was just pulled from under me. Yeah. And um and I like a couple of people who don't really like a couple of my family members and stuff had said to me, why don't you just get another job as, as editor somewhere else for the no another magazine? And I was like, it doesn't happen like that, that, that at all. They're, they're, yeah, mm. not in Ireland. You know, if I was in Manhattan, maybe like, but yeah. not in Ireland. There, there just weren't any other um, roles available. Yeah. Um, and the roles that were becoming available as well, like they they tend to go like the industry is so small that they tend mm. to go to people you know really well and you know you don't want to pit yourself against other people yeah. in the industry either and so it was a, that was a really kind of challenging time and like for for someone like me like I love magazines so much I have every issue of Cosmopolitan since I was 15 like wow. that's that's, that's, a, that's a lot of paper that's in my house a lot of paper. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I have a whole room dedicated yeah. oh. to, to magazines practically but um yeah it's just it, that like working in magazines was always my dream and to get there and be delighted about it and then for it to go was a kind of massive um shake up the thing is like I would I would expect though that at some point because like I've been fired from jobs and you weren't fired like the the company that you're working for ceased essentially yeah. um but like on some level where you kind of like it's not me it's it's the changing face of the industry you know and I mean totally. you, you kind of have 
to be like that. I did, and I tried to really remind myself that. I just had to keep saying, it's not me, it's the industry, that it's not making ad revenue. It wasn't about the quality of the content. Yeah. And that's kind of what, that was my side of things and, mm. and the team side of things, our kind of what, what we did every day. But um, it's very difficult to tell yourself that. It's very difficult, you know, you know the way, like you say, if you hear, 10 compliments but one piece of criticism yeah. you're going to only listen to the, the one piece of criticism so I just yeah that was it with I you. was telling myself the whole time it's not you like you're still you can still do your job and whatever um, but the fact remains mm. you know the magazine that you are at the helm of no yeah. longer exists and whether that's your fault directly or your you know you're still involved so I did blame myself a lot for um, the magazine closing and even though I know it wasn't my fault yeah. and you know um I was doing the best job that I could and the team were doing the best job they could. There was nothing, you know, it, it, I still took yeah. a lot of it on, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and it still kind of hangs over me in a way. And I have a lot of imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. from that. And every time I go to, you know, a new job now as a freelancer, because, you know, as a freelancer, you have like eight or nine jobs. I just have so much self-doubt and I didn't have that before. You know, yeah. I kind of had built myself up to be like, you know, I can I can do this. I'm confident in this mm. job. And then that kind of shook, shook me. And so yeah. now I'm still a little bit, I'm still trying to build myself up to fully believing in myself again. I think everybody in this industry suffers from imposter syndrome though. I think so. And I think as well, when you get a fall, like no matter how small or how great, like if it impacts you deeply, mm. it's so hard to recover from that and to move forward. And even like you were saying, when it's not your fault, it's so hard to tell yourself that because at the end of the day, you are jobless, you know? So it's, yeah. it's very hard to think like, well, there's nothing I could do about this because like that in this industry, you have to be so thick skinned because things like that ultimately do happen and you have no yeah. say over it. So, And there are times when things like don't happen for you because of the, a certain, it can be as simple as like a timing issue. Yeah. It can be as simple as like that ad revenue. Like sometimes it's the fact that like at one time or another, we've all just been walking paychecks and they can be expendable, do you know? And I mean, at times that's happened and you've known that you're the right person for the job or you've known that this is the right path for you, but you know, the powers that be sometimes think otherwise. Um, but so this happened. So then what happened for you next then? Um, well, the magazine closed about four months, three months, four months before I got married. So yeah. I just, I had to pay for my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had to get into work. I just had to throw myself into freelance life. Yeah, it was freelancing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I didn't have time to wait for an amazing role to come, on, mm. come along. I didn't have time to, I didn't really have time to, to stress too much. I didn't have time to process any of it. Yeah. Um, so I just had to get straight back in and look for freelance work and try and get as much money together as I could to get married. And then um, while I was on my honeymoon, I got a, a really interesting job offer from a magazine in the UK. Um, and I had, like I said, just got married and I knew I wanted to settle and have a family in, in mm. Ireland, which was very difficult for me because all through my life, I'd been very career focused mm. and very ambitious and um, to get an offer like that and have to turn it down. Now, I didn't have to turn it down. My husband was like, let's just move to the UK and, you know, uproot everything. And he's really supportive. But I, I knew that if I wanted to have a family and if I wanted to, you know, buy a house or whatever, yeah. I wanted to do it here. And I was at that age where, you know, biologically and I know this is so yeah. it's so silly but we are under those pressures absolutely biologically yeah. I had to make that call yeah um and it was really difficult because you know like I said I'd been really ambitious and it was if it had come two years earlier maybe or three mm. years earlier I would have immediately jumped at it 
um, but I had to turn it down, uh, which was really disappointing. Um, so I just ploughed on with freelance stuff and um, tried to, you know, get as many regular clients as I could and as much regular work as I could. But it's really, really tough being yeah. freelance. Now, every job is tough. I completely acknowledge that every job is tough. But I almost feel like I have two jobs. One of my jobs is actually doing my job and the other job is looking for jobs yeah. you know so I, I constantly like when I wake up every day I don't know necessarily where I'm going to work or who's going to give me work next week or next yeah. month or next in the next six months um, and I never know how much I'm going to earn and I never know if the work I do get will stick around yeah. you know yeah, so there's, there's constant yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's one of those things as well like I've worked freelance before you've probably worked freelance too yeah. Denise yeah um, it's something I think most people in the industry at some point or another have worked freelance. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was freelance, I was chasing that contract yeah. because I just like there are times, even though like, you know, on a week to week basis, I always had work. There are times when you feel unemployed and yeah. you're like, well, but I'm not unemployed, like I'm self-employed and I'm freelancing and stuff yeah. like that. But there are times when it might be just a slower week or, or something like that. And the self-motivation was something that I struggled with. But mm. I, at the same time, like I look at freelancers like you and I look at other people in the industry, like Caroline Foran, for example, like mm -hmm. just people who work for themselves. And it's little things like your desk and stuff that I'm just like, see, if I'd had a desk like that, <laughs> I feel like my whole freelance it experience, would have, me. it wouldn't have been me like sitting in my living room crying to my mom. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's where it was for me. But I was very early on in my career mm -hmm. and I think it was just a different yeah. thing for me. I never looked at it as, as actually a means that I could continue. I was yeah. always hunting that thing. So maybe because you came to it slightly later in your career, mm -hmm, yeah. you might've been able to look at it a bit differently. I think so. And I, I definitely think like that, the desk thing is actually really important I for me. I think so, yeah. Because when I get up every day, I could very well go down to my kitchen table and have my breakfast there and then just put my laptop in place of my bowl and go to work. But that wouldn't feel mm. as, okay, I'm in work now. Whereas no, you're not creating the space around you yeah. that feels like yeah. you really you're driven and motivated. Yeah, absolutely. You really have to create an office environment. Like you almost have to mimic what you, what you would have had in a publishing company. Well, yeah. for me, that's what I've tried to do. Um, yeah, my desk is nicer than any publishing company I've ever Oh my God, your desk in. is so, like, it's go look at Ashley Keenan's Instagram. Sure. Yeah, it's so nice. But, um, I, and I think as well, you know, the having to like fake it, having to pretend to yourself that you're in work mm. is really important and having, having structure because there's absolutely no routine in my, in my life at all. There's no routine in my week. Um, there's hardly any routine even in a, in a day. There's yeah. no two days that are the same. And I know for a lot of people who work like nine to six or nine to five or whatever in a quite kind of repetitive sense think, well, that sounds amazing. Mm. It's actually a massive challenge, um, as much of a challenge as it would be to work in a kind of nine to five set environment. Um, there's no routine. There's no, you don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. You don't know where you're going to be next week. And it gets, you need to insert as much regularity and as much routine as you can. Yeah. So having the same desk to go to, having like, you know, you have to just add in these really small um, little routines. So you know certain make it I make my list at the end of every day I make a list for the next day and you know there's certain just small things that you just have to things do that you yeah. would do like in an, in an office yeah. environment normally yeah. um one of the other things that I always always struggled with myself and I think I still struggle with it it's the self-promotion element mm. that you have to do um not just if you're freelancing that you have to do across many jobs like and I, I think you know we've seen the likes of LinkedIn and stuff like that yeah. just absolutely skyrocket as that tool mm -hmm. to self-promote um it's absolutely crucial but it's something that has always 
sat weirdly with me. Not that I don't think it's important to do it, like, and I know that it's important to do it, but I remember early on in my career being told, like, the work will speak for itself. You don't have to, you know, like, shout your own praises constantly. And I remember thinking it was really solid advice, but at the same time, it was kind of before social media back yeah. then. And now it does feel very competitive and things are looked at and you kind of do have to be your you have to back yourself obviously yourself is so important like you need yeah. to shout about what you're doing yeah. or like because there's so much of it out there so it can much. easily go, get forgetting about so you have to like push it forward the whole time and that can be very tiring and it can seem quite monotonous sometimes but I do think it's key almost I think you're you very good at it, it. Yeah. like I mean Denise even saw like the other day we launched like our <laughs> this whole thing we launched our new logo there recently and we had a, a night out so mm -hmm. I w was having a good day today I feel a lot better than I did yesterday but um and we were taking some pictures with like the nice new branding in it and stuff and Denise you were just a queen like she literally like she knew the angles she knew what photo to get because then eventually you knew that you were going to post this and it was something that because it, it was work like it, it, it really is, was it is work and I yeah. think sometimes it's difficult when you're posting about work and things like that especially when you have a lot of followers that are not in the industry, mm -hmm. that you're afraid that you come off quite self-obsessed or you come yeah. off like, look at me and look mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And it's really difficult yeah. to try and just say, well, like, this is just my job. And although you're a teacher and you don't post about this, I have to post about my yeah. work because yeah. it's half of like the job, you know? Absolutely, so yeah. I do find that's quite difficult. And even when you were taking the pictures and Eva was saying to me, she's like, I feel so nervous like out here, like, you know, where people watch me take a picture. And I was like, but this is what we do. So unfortunately, this is what we have to do. Yeah, you know? and literally like Denise, she was not budging. Like we, <laughs> no. we were not leaving that street. We had the sunlight and we were not leaving that street until we got the, like I took, I probably took about seven or eight pictures of Denise. And I was like, okay, cool. And she's like, no, no like, we have only just begun. And I, like, and I also haven't seen these yet so yeah, do you think yeah, that yeah. I'm just going to like walk up. like lock my phone and think there's something in there not a not a chance yeah. like, absolutely I not I think it's definitely there's a bit of like I just never I never used to do that at the beginning of my career so it's something that I'm still kind of getting used to yeah. but I mean when you're working freelance Ashling, of mm -hmm. course self-promotion is absolutely key to you mm -hmm. um how do you find that and how did you find going from say like a, a an established contract situation yeah. where now you have to kind of be like look at me look at what I'm doing it's so that's one of the parts that I really struggle with because that the need to do that self-promotion combined with the imposter syndrome just makes for a really uncomfortable yeah you know combination um the self-promotion I, I do I struggle with it immensely like I just I don't know if it's an Irish thing yeah I feel like we're, it we're, we're it's bit, bred yeah. into us not to brag mm. and not to not to shout about our achievements and yeah. not to you know um make people listen to things about us like it feels very self-indulgent yeah um but like that, like you said, like on Instagram, on social media, everyone is shouting about their yeah. achievements on social media. And the thing so is, we're not even bragging. We're at, we are actually just talking about the work yeah. that we're doing. Yeah. So but it feels like a brag. Yeah. Even when we were saying that we we're changing logo and I was like, oh, you know, presenting this tonight. I was like, oh, look at me talking about myself. But this is yeah. literally just all I'm doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like absolutely crucial as well. And like you, you have a, a quite substantial following on Instagram as well. Like you've got over 14,000 followers, is well, it? Well, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's very small. But well, I do in think... In comparison to me, it's fairly, it's fairly good. <laughs> So. But it, I don't know. I think like it. That's that just came from um, from work, and it's weird mm. because you know I've been contacted a, a, a few times for you know sponsored content and that sort of thing, and it feels really weird because I would never ever peg myself as an influencer because I think that's like they do a, 
a far better job at creating content and yeah. being influencers than I do. Mm. Um, and I, I never kind of wanted to veer into that. I kind of mm. always wanted to be like, well, I'm a journalist and this is what I do for work. Yeah. Um, but I think through the course of my work, I've gotten, you know, followers or whatever. Um, because I think, you know, our jobs are interesting. You know, jobs in the media see, are seen to be interesting because yeah. people kind of generally think they know what a nurse does or they know what a teacher does. But for, you know, like our job is kind of interesting because we get to interview, yeah. you know, celebrities or we get to go on press trips or, you know, things that, that, that are cool and yeah. fun and enjoyable. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a bit of kind of, I think I've gotten a bit of a following because people are a little bit like intrigued by the various things that I Absolutely. do. But the self-promoting part of it, like I just putting up, you know, I and I am always so reluctant. Like I, I, one of my friends asked me a while ago, what did I do that week? And I was, oh, nothing really, you know, just a few bits. I did, I had to go into here and I had to go into there. And she was like, did, did someone say you interviewed like Chris Pine, that famous guy? And I was like, oh yeah, I did that. That was grand. And she was kind of like, can, do you want to like, expand yeah, on that at yeah. all? Or, you know, and I was just like, you know, because not that it wasn't amazing because I was totally flipping out, like, and felt extremely lucky to get those. I always feel extremely lucky to get those sorts of opportunities, but it is just work. Yeah. And when we're talking about our work on Instagram, again, it's not a brag. It's not that we're trying to say, yeah. look at us, how yeah. wonderful we're doing. It's just, this is what I did today. Yeah. And we're, you we know? can get used to the... In those kind of things that you forget that people are interested in seeing yeah. those it's that insight that they they kind of want to see that sometimes mm -hmm. I think because it's our work yeah um, we, forget. we forget about that yeah. sometimes you said there about like something that's intriguing and I have to say the thing on your Instagram that I find and I found when you posted it first so intriguing and so interesting is that I hope I'm going to say it right oh Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Oh yes, this is yeah. the craziest thing <laughs> ever. My mind was blown. Like hearing about your story was the first time I had ever heard about it. Yeah, I had, I I'd never heard it. I had never heard about it before you yeah. spoke about it. So I'm sure like you get asked about it all the time and stuff. But if anybody is is listening now yeah. or watching and they don't necessarily know, can you explain first what synesthesia is and mm. then explain the version that you have. Yeah. So oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, 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 it's so weird because I didn't talk about this. I mean, I, my family and friends knew and stuff my whole life pretty much. And since I found out that I had it, my family and friends have known. But I'd never really spoken about it to like colleagues or yeah. acquaintances or certainly not to anyone in like the media or whatever um, until really, really recently because mm. I always assumed like, and, and I've had a few people have weird reactions to it and think that it was some kind of, you know, I don't know, a hindrance to my life or, um, but synesthesia essentially is a neurological condition that involves like cross wiring of your senses. Okay. So for some people, like there's, there's BBC documentaries and stuff on, on this and uh, there's like several different types and um, there's one that's related to music. So people see music in color. And um, there's another one that's related to taste, where people taste words and taste people's names. So there was a guy who whose girlfriend's name was Denise, and I think she tasted oh. like earwax. Oh. So, yeah. I, just, I thought <laughs> I'd bring insane. that to you today. Yeah, thank you. But, um, <laughs> oh, no. I think earwax. that was the, yeah. like, there's, there's all different kinds of ones. Anyway, the one that I've got is, um, it relates to colours and language. So basically all my letters um, have individual colours and all my numbers have colours. Therefore, all the words that I say or read have colour. Um, months of the year have colour. People's, people's names have colour. And then kind of a sub 
kind of symptom, I suppose, of the one that I have is that I see people's, I, I get a sense of people, I don't want to say people's auras because I'm not, you know, I don't see angels around people or right, anything like okay. that. But I just, I see people in, in colour. So for instance, wow. when I met you this morning, uh, I saw that you were purple. Stop, am I? You're purple and you're on Thursday and your letter is C and your number is six. Wow. wow. Now, I just want to clarify, I don't think you're purple. I'm not looking at a purple woman in front of me, yeah. but it's it's a mind's eye thing. So the way I try and explain it is if I say to you Manchester United. I think of red. Yeah, right. you would. That's so yeah. now when someone says to me Neve Mar, You'll think of purple. purple. That is wow. Okay, <laughs> so that explains it so much more yeah. than like what I was picturing because I was picturing a, pr a purple Neve, but it's yeah. not that. It's it's the it's just a subconscious it's a mind's thing eye. that you think yeah, of. Okay, it's a mind's wow. Eye. And, and the letter combination and all that comes with it. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, so that's cool. a really interesting thing. So it's um, because I was reading about. Oh, I fell into a rabbit hole <laughs> trying to find out as much information on this as I could. So a lot of people. Um, there's so many different types mm -hmm. that it's hard to like pinpoint one thing. But I, I read this one article and I don't know whether this is like what you see, Ashling, but um, the letters for colours. So if they're reading something, they're not looking at like a rake of colours. It's like a glow. Yeah. And that can like be there at times. And I was yeah. reading that going like, oh, my God, what, how amazing would that be to like see a glow? But yeah. it's this isn't something that like you developed. This no. is something that you've always had. So. Yeah whereby for us, and I took a test, I'm definitely not, I don't have it. <laughs> I, I really wanted to. And I was like trying my best, but I 100% don't have it, freaked. Um, but for us, like it does, it sounds lovely. Like it sounds kind yeah. of a, a little bit magical. It does, it is. Magical, it is, it's brilliant. Like yeah. it, I, I really enjoy having it. And it's, it's, there's no, like it's kind of enhanced my life rather than, you know, taken away from it at all. The only thing that I struggled with was um, in school. I was going to um, ask that, yeah. Yeah, because it helped in in the sense that, and I, maybe this is part of the reason why I love um, words and writing yeah. and stuff, it helped, I can spell any word that I've seen. So if I've seen a word written down, I'll never forget how to spell it. So wow. if if yeah. if I've read a word, it's in there and it's locked in and I can I can pretty much always spell it. And I, you know, things like if there's a double C in a, in a, in a word or a double S. Yeah. I never forget those quirks because for me, a double S is really, really, really yellow. Okay. So if in the word necessary, I can see a big yellow, it's almost like I can see a big yellow ball. Because the double S is something that a lot of people struggle with when, yeah. when they're together. It's like, is there one S, is there two totally. S? So that's like something that just so that sticks helps. out of you. Yeah, oh, it just, wow. it, it jumps out at me. And likewise, I think it helped me in, in work because when I'm sub editing a page, mm. errors um, Pop jump out. Oh my God, yeah. that is so, so it's handy. Now God. it's not. It's completely a flawed system. I mean, things things <laughs> often. I, I often miss things, yeah. of course, like any editor. But uh, mm. it does help, and it helps when I'm subbing to, to because a word, um, if the word is misspelled, it will it will pop off the page because it, the colours are wrong for me. Yeah. If it's a word I've seen before, obviously. Um, so that helped. But on the other side of then um, maths for me was virtually impossible because really? um, in particular algebra because mm. for me oh it's letters as well letters yeah. yeah so the letters for me have colours so say the letter A is pink yeah. and the number 4 is pink and A and pink and 4 are all together on a Saturday and so A could never equal anything before. Right. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So like I'd be doing a, 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 an equation yeah. and I'd see the letter A and I'd be like well that's 4 and then I'd move on and 
obviously I'd get the wrong answer so everywhere. So without even thinking it, you would apply the I number? I would apply a four So that's, that, yeah. it's like me saying that Manchester United is blue. Yeah. And yeah. it's never going right. to be right. It's never going to be right. Yeah, no. it's never going to wow. be right. And there's certain things that make me feel quite uncomfortable, like a really bad um, reg plate in a car. You know, if I, if I, anytime I'm like buying a car, I'm very specific about, and what's the number on the number plate? Because if it's, if it's bad, if it's a bad combination, that'll make me feel uncomfortable. Wow, and would so it be because it's a bad combination of colours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, my own reg plate is 16566 and that that's lovely and that's, yeah. that's fine. That really works. But if there had been a two in there, I I wouldn't. So, that sounds so, so mad. I'm so sorry. Cool. I understand. So I don't think it sounds I think the yeah. more that you explain it, the more it's like so, it makes sense, yeah. and I, it doesn't. It doesn't like jar at all. It's mm. like that makes perfect sense. Mm. If like in the future, um, like you mentioned earlier, that you wanted to have a family and stuff, mm -hmm. would like the naming of of your child be like really crucial in terms of the way yeah. it's going to look and feel? Totally. Yeah. Like there's yeah. certain names that I just. It's not that I don't like certain names. It's just there's certain names that I wouldn't want to be saying every day. Yeah. Do you know the kind of way? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and it and it, it applies to people as well. I mean, the the kind of averse reaction I'd have to the reg plate, I have that to people as well occasionally. Wow. So I I have met people. Now it doesn't happen massively often or anything, mm. but I've met people where. So your set obviously is Thursday purple six and C right. So that really works for me. Yeah. Um, because six is purple and C is purple and Thursday's purple and it all just goes right is in well yeah um and then there's certain you know there's other days of the week like tuesday is green so if you're on tuesday you have green letters and green numbers and yeah. um again i'm aware of how mental this yeah. sounds it actually but doesn't i've met people um i, I was i remember the, the kind of story i always tell people to get them to understand is i'm i was standing on henry street outside half price jewelers when i was about 15. Mm. I was waiting for someone and the, a guy walked up beside me and i i just caught him in my peripheral vision i didn't see him really um, and straight away I started to feel uh, nauseous and I was like, why am I, why do I feel sick all of a sudden? Mm. And then I looked at him kind of more intensely and his set was so mismatched and so off for me mm. that I had to move away from him and I almost threw up. Oh I was, it, it made me feel so uncomfortable that I was almost physically sick. Wow. Um, and his, his set was just really, really, you know, the way, you know, the Thursday and the sixth and yeah, see, that yeah. all works. His was like, he was, he basically had, he was on Sunday and he had Wednesday's characteristics and colours. So it was really all over the place. Yeah. And my mother obviously thinks that I can identify serial killers and that that man was some kind of criminal. You never <laughs> know though. It's, it's, but, it's definitely very interesting because yeah. would people's days of the week normally match up to colours and numbers usually? Always, yeah, okay. always. So yeah, there always is a set, you know. And so. the thing is like you're saying that that sounds odd, but realistically like this is a sensory thing that's happening yeah, in your mm -hmm. brain. So like if, if you know the way it can happen um, if you have a smell that just makes you feel physically ill. Mm -hmm. um, and like I don't like... Um, I don't like rotisserie chickens in, in supermarkets. Like I, I literally like will avoid that counter. Like hot counters make me feel ill. It's just the smell. I think about the grease. I think about the skin. I think yeah. about the animal. And it just makes it me brings up like a range of emotions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I I physically feel ill from that. Yeah. Like that's the same thing. Now yeah. obviously like it's it's different. Mine is obviously incredibly common. Loads of people don't like the <laughs> yeah. smells of things. Yeah, but it is but, like it's that's a, it's you a were sense, having a it's physical a reaction. thing. Yeah. yeah, it is to do with senses. So it is. That's that's exactly it. You yeah. know, my my senses are all kind of cross-wired yeah and so things that would make you like a smell that might make you feel sick it's a set of colors or a set of numbers or a person that would yeah. make me feel sick which it's, is it's inconvenient like, at times like you know the way you say stuff like oh if we have like a nail varnish 
and it smells like like candy floss or something like we're like oh that it smells really sweet like and that will imagine us eating candy floss we've never tasted nail varnish we don't know what that tastes like but because the smell we're identifying with so it's it's all sensory so mm -hmm. I, I understand yeah but at the same time it just seems like you are like on another level. <laughs> well, does. I mean, this I like this is the funny thing. I don't drink or do drugs, and I feel like sometimes my life is colourful enough <laughs> without yeah. any of that sort well, of thing. Well, I did read as well that sometimes these kind of sensory things can happen if you're on psychedelic drugs, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's like one of the things. But this isn't something that like people are trying to find a cure for or anything like that. It's just it's something no, it's that it's just a, yeah. something like is it common? Um, I think it's something like maybe 0.5% of the population have but I, a lot of people don't know they have it because I didn't know I had it until I was 15 and the reason I didn't know I had it was because I thought everyone had it you know yeah, I, I, not, you know, I, I didn't think yeah. I, I didn't think there was anything different about my experience I yeah. thought that everyone knew that my mother was blue and that everyone knew that my father was brown you know what I mean I thought that this was just what happened just like with the way people. we learned that the sky is blue and the yeah. grass is exactly. green like yeah exactly and I thought that everyone was completely aware that you know that number two is yellow the number three is blue like I just thought that that was what everyone saw yeah and so when I was about 15 one of my aunts was listening to the radio and there was a um a professor from Trinity on talking about this study of this synesthesia condition that people mm. have and she was looking for people to take part and if anyone identified with any of the symptoms to get in touch. And my aunt rang my mother and said, here, I think this is what Ashling's been doing for the last however many years because as a child, I would make lists of my family members and put their colour and day and whatever next to them. Right. And my mother just thought I was mental <laughs> and that I should be, you know, she just thought I'd hoped I'd grow out of it or whatever yeah. um, and so I got in touch with the guys at Trinity and then I went in and took part in their study and that's when they did like MRIs and the EEG yeah. helmet was put on me and they they basically they had to do some consistency tests to make sure <clears throat> that I actually had synesthesia right. and that to make sure that it was you know it, yeah like a legitimate case I suppose so then once they did that they did all these tests and um so there's this like cool one where they put um, like 250 odd, I can't remember the number of shades of the same colour mm. onto a screen in all different, just blocks basically. Mm. And then they showed me the letter A and I picked what colour of the 255 shades of the same colour pink, which one my A was. Yeah. And then they took it down, mixed them up and put them back up and I was able to locate the, the exact, exact shade. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very specific you know, it kind of gives you a tiny, tiny superpower in well, that you can. No, <laughs> completely useless it, you know? ones, though. You know, I mean, I'm never the, the the police are never going to ring me and be like, "Listen, we have a very specific <laughs> color emergency that you need to get down here for." But you know, so it's not it's not exactly helpful. But uh, I quite enjoy having it, and I also find the kind of person element of it mm. as a as an advanced form of everyone's natural instinct so the 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 natural instinct that everyone has about people yeah. when they meet them yeah you know you'll meet someone and you'll go I really like that person and yeah. straight away you'll just get a good vibe off them and yeah. you'll yeah. know that you know you could potentially be friends with them or you yeah. could potentially you know spend time with them uh, likewise when you meet someone and you're like don't really vibe with them yeah 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 I kind of have like an advanced version of that. That's, that's what it kind that's of sounds like. That's like the way I see it. warning and almost like a exactly. safety thing that yeah. you have for yourself. Like almost like a guardian angel or something that yeah. like you're aware of someone's going to be like a good or bad seed, totally. which is like really, really interesting. Do you know what? I, you know that, that meme that's on going around <clears throat> Instagram at the moment where it's like, I wish I could see a 30 second trailer of a person so I know what I'm getting myself into. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, yeah, feel yeah. Like, I feel like I have that. 
Wow. You know, I feel like I can see a 30 second trailer yeah. of a person before I involve myself with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Wow. So, yeah. Oh, oh my God, I hope so my trailer good. was okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm like now. I'm like, no, it's purple, totally fine. Purple I totally, sounds good. Yeah, no, purple is good. And it, the okay. fact that, you know, I'm again, it doesn't make sense to anyone but me, but the fact that you've got the six and the sea on the same day and it's yeah. purple, it's, it's all good. Oh my God, I'm so Yours glad. Yours is all good too, by the oh, way. Oh, great. What's you're, mine? You're really light blue. So you're oh, very nice. early on a Monday morning. And yeah. actually what's lovely is your last name is also blue. So it really, oh. it really helps me. You know, like yeah. it, it, it makes me feel a lot better about you. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's <laughs> nice. Can I trade so, colours with Denise though? Because blue, like blue? blue is my favourite colour. Is yeah. it? Okay. Not possible. No, Sorry. I'm not trading. Fine. Okay. That's you're, fine. you're royal purple and that's the end of it. <laughs> I'm royal purple. Okay, yeah. I'm not mad at purple. I'm, no, I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. I find it so there are worse colours. Yeah. yeah I like there's a lot of men that are brown. Do you know, I was literally like just that. thinking, what about brown? I yeah, feel like there's brown... There's a lot of men that are brown, because brown is my Friday colour. Okay. And the vast majority of men are either on Monday or Friday. And so okay. a lot of men are like brown. And I'm like, no, like, you know, furniture, you're like mahogany. You're or, like, or sometimes I say <laughs> chocolate. I, I try to keep them away <laughs> from nice. the toilet yeah. connotations. Yeah, but I, mean, just... I, I, I kind of get that. Like yeah. brown, it, it's definitely more of a masculine kind of a, True. a tone yeah. to it. Brown yeah. shoe. Coppers, you do, yeah. you do. You think of a, a you think of a brown shoe in coppers, yeah, specifically. Oh, Denise, I don't know whether it would be a good thing if you could see colours or not. Oh, Lord, I feel like, no, my mind is weird enough. I, I feel like either. you just say to people, "Brown shoe." Thank <laughs> like straight away. Oh, I would, and I'd be so. I'd be like, "Yeah, it's weird." I'm sorry. I'd be like, "Your colour no. is not vibing," and they'd be like, <laughs> "But I, I have to do that sometimes." Like, there's people that I meet that I just have to be like. And just, you know, move away from, just yeah. say, kind of nod and acknowledge them. And then, and like it's happened in, you know, it's happened in really awkward situations, like in work environments and stuff where yeah. I've, I've had a colleague that I just can't, you know, I can't, not that I can't interact with them. It's not that bad, but it's just that I know I can't form any sort of bond or friendship or anything. So it can be quite tricky. That happens to everybody. Like there are certain yeah. people that you just can't necessarily have uh, fluid conversations mm -hmm. with and like that's kind of a stretch for me because to be honest with you I could talk to anybody about anything but yeah. still you know when sometimes you're in a situation with someone and you're kind of thinking about when this interaction will we'll end, end. Yeah. Yeah. that doesn't mean that you're a bad person no. it just means that you may not be uh, compatible with mm -hmm. them yeah. and I've always wondered about what what is that because mm -hmm. that person has a huge amount of people who they're compatible with yeah. I have a huge amount of people that I'm compatible with but sometimes you're just not compatible with other people what I feel like with you though Ashing is that you're actually being shown proof as to yeah. why yeah. you're not yeah. compatible yeah. with with some yeah. people. I just have a logic to it. Like my, yeah. I, I, you know, if I meet someone and I think, wow, I really like their vibe. I really think they're a great person. I think I'm going to get on with them. I know that we're going to have great chats. I have. It's almost like my synesthesia lets me just tick that box and go, yeah, that's. I I know that to be a fact. And likewise with the, the yeah. opposite. Um, now, where can we buy this synesthesia? <laughs> yes. I'll rent I will, it out. I will take two, please. <laughs> I love it. I'd love to just experience it for a day, just what to is, see. Yeah, it's almost like someone in your mind being like, all is good, what you think is right. Yeah, and stuff totally. that. Yeah, it's just oh. confirmation that yeah. your instinct is doing a good job, yeah. I think, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I could talk about this all day, but let's talk about okay. it. <laughs> let's move on to the podcast. So yeah. you're starting a new podcast and it's called Private Education. Yes. And it is a sex and relationship podcast. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say that that's kind of a little bit away from what you might be known for? Yeah, I think I probably am most known for beauty, but beauty, in yeah. actual and, and for kind of journalism in general yeah, and, yeah. you know, but um, I did write the sex features for You magazine for the entire oh, time I was okay, there. Cool. 
Um, and also I was on, uh, I used to contribute to Spin and 98FM a lot as their love oracle. Now they gave me that title. I did not, <laughs> I did not, <laughs> I did not apply for that title. Denise is a former but, um, Spin, Spin head. Oh, okay. yeah, I was in the set west, so yeah. I know all about you know Spin. <laughs> okay. So they just call me if they, you know, they'd have like a reader query about a relationship yeah. or whatever. So I would, they'd get me on and I'd give the my best advice I or whatever. Love Oracle. Love I love Oracle. I love Oracle too. Yeah, that's the... That's amazing, yeah. So um, I have done that and that kind of led me into interest in that general area. Yeah. Uh, I also just feel really strongly that in Ireland there's still a bit of a taboo about talking about yeah. sex and mm -hmm. relationships and, you know, uh, the jig is up. We are all doing it mm -hmm. um, and it motivates so many of us. Yeah. Um, you know, sex and relationships motivate so much of our lives where we go who we go with why we go out why we do that you know what I mean and mm -hmm. and uh, you know as much as obviously our careers motivate us as well when we're in work we're probably thinking does that guy over there fancy me and is that why yeah. he's being you know what I mean like there's so many um so many of our daily interactions that revolve in a way around sex sexual chemistry relationships and inter you know friendships as well there's, there's we're Absolutely. going to talk about all, all kinds of relationships yeah. so um i think it's one of those things that like i was i was just talking to Dermot who um has your bag in the other room hopefully <laughs> um about this the other day and we were actually talking i don't know how we got onto it yeah. but we were just talking about that and how like you said so many people are fueled mm -hmm. by sexual chemistry, love, all of these emotions that like go on in our bodies as humans unless you don't have those, which mm -hmm. like happens to some people. I think mm -hmm. they're called sociopaths. Um, <laughs> but we are like, I mean, it, it, some, some of the biggest decisions that we make mm -hmm. in our lives can come from sex and it can yeah. come from love and it can Absolutely. come from all of these all of these different things so and obviously I think like being career women and being really focused on our career is one element but like you know it's it's a huge part of everybody's day-to-day -day life and yeah. I think that a lot of our decisions can sometimes come from those emotions that we feel that no matter what age you are sometimes you don't understand so the tagline for your show, which I think is great, is the Smart Sex and Relationships Podcast. Yeah. So, like, it, when you say, like, the Smart Sex and Relationships Podcast, like, what was that differentiation? Is it just that you want to kind of get down into the educational element of it? Totally. So that's, okay. And that's why I picked Private Education as the title as well, because I don't want... I didn't want to call it, you know, sex sells. I didn't want it to just scream. You didn't want it to be, like, a sexy no podcast, and I didn't I didn't yeah. want to be a forum for people to come on guests to come on and talk about their conquests like yeah. that's yeah. not what it is yeah it's not about like oh how many times have you done this and have you ever tried this position it's not about it's not I don't want to say sleazy because sex isn't sleazy and that's actually what I'm trying to get across I, right. I don't want sex to be looked at as something to laugh about or talk about in hushed tones or yeah. or be ashamed of yeah. or be worried about I want people to be able to have have confident and informed and you know knowledgeable discussions about sex and about the things that sex makes you do and the yeah. thing you know the, the decisions you make like you said the mistakes you make yeah um and then also you know things like sexual health and mm. consent like all of those things are still so um like I was reading I don't know Richie Sadlier wrote an article the other day where mm. it was a transcript of um he had a conversation with transition year boys about consent yeah and it was really kind of grim reading. And I think 
you know, young people, but adults as well, mm. really need to be more informed when it comes to sex and what's okay and what's not. And also, of course, the pursuit of pleasure because growing up, we were never, you know, oh, no one ever said, not. no one yeah. ever said to us like, you know, pleasure is something that you should aim for and yeah. try and achieve. And from both perspectives, from a male perspective, female perspective, yeah. if you're in a gay relationship, whatever it is, you know, sex is something to be enjoyed. It's something we all do. And it's something we should all be doing in a more healthy kind of, educated way I think so. it's, it's a nice hook Ashling, because like even when I was talking to Denise about this show today I was like I actually said you know that you have this new sex and relationships podcast that's coming out we've spoken about sex quite a bit on the show from time to time and to be honest with you like sometimes it does descend into laughter and mm -hmm. I even said to Denise I don't want to talk about sex too much and not because not because I don't think it's really important to talk mm -hmm. about like what you're doing, but sometimes it becomes the easy sell yeah. on yeah. a show. No matter what the show is, sometimes it's like, well, there's girls in a room and they're going to be talking about sex and mm -hmm. it almost becomes too easy. Yeah, and, and it's like these giddy, girly chats yeah, about yeah. like penises yeah. and That's exactly having it. sex yeah. and stuff like that. And it does become this like giggly, taboo thing still that yeah. we're talking about in a yeah. quiet room, like in the toilets of a club kind of vibe. That's it, yeah. And, I mean, and that's the good. exact opposite of what mm -hmm. what totally. you're trying to do, yeah. essentially. But I mean, yeah. I, I want to bring humour to it as well because... Well, it does. I mean, that it, happens naturally you know, yeah. as well. Happen naturally. Yeah. And also, it's not something to take very seriously. No. Yeah. It is something that's enjoyable and pleasurable and and fun and funny and yeah. funny things happen and you know 100% and sometimes you do want to just sit with your friends and talk about penises that's just Absolutely. you know and that's okay and that's fine yeah. but it's kind of just it is just opening the floor it's about you know letting people know that having those conversations is fine you don't have to be embarrassed you don't have to be ashamed you don't have to feel as though you know you can't talk about something yeah. that's happened in your sex life with your friend because I found as well as kind of I think maybe it's led on from writing about sex for you magazine the whole time that I was doing that my friends kind of thought okay well she's writing about it so she's obviously comfortable talking about it so mm. they would come to me with their queries and you know sometimes they were serious things sometimes they were really light-hearted things that they just wanted to run by me yeah and I I was comfortable using the, the terminology around sex I don't know where I got that I think I guess I suppose I you know being brought up I was just allowed to talk about anything and yeah felt comfortable talking about anything but um, having written about it for so long I'm just comfortable with it so I thought if anyone was to I guess present or host a, a podcast about that topic yeah. it should be someone who's just I'm not an expert by any stretch yeah. um, I just am comfortable with the topic and I'm comfortable with making people comfortable with the topic I feel like I can open up a, a safe space I suppose for people to to just feel okay about saying the words that we are all kind of ashamed to say in a way. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I think like in terms of, you know, podcasting in general, like, you know, there's there's so much out there now as well, but I think that there's always room um, for more informed conversations on, on anything. And it sounds like you're coming at it from kind of like a, a different angle than what I've seen before, mm -hmm. which I, th I think is really... It's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Really, yeah, really absolutely. interesting. So are you going to have guests on? Is that kind of yeah. the, the, yeah, I'm gonna the have jizz, I almost said? But like, the jizz. There, there yeah, that go. is the jizz. <laughs> that was actually the other name. It was either private <laughs> education or, or the, the jizz. jizz. The jizz. Yeah. I mean, so. trademark. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm going to have guests on, so it won't just be me talking down the mic. Um, I'm going to have guests on from all walks of life, from all kinds of... I'm not just going to have, you know, people of note on. I'm going yeah. to have... 
um, just, you know, I'm going to ask experts, sex experts, um, I'm going to ask on relationship psychologists, mm -hmm. um, people who kind of are vocal in that area. So mm. people who talk about consent on social media, people who yeah. talk about sexual health. Um, and then I'm just going to have, you know, people on yeah. to talk about their experiences and, and not necessarily, you know, because when I'm when I'm emailing people asking them to be guests, they're like, well, hang on now, am I going to have to, because my husband or my girlfriend or my partner is not going to want to talk about, you know, they're not going to want me to say, well, last night, this is what we did. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, that's not what I want. I just want the conversation to flow. And if you want to, you know, give some personal experience, yeah. that's Great. fine. If, if you, you don't, don't that's yeah. also fine. And I, I know from my perspective, there will be a lot of, a friend of mine, yeah. um, you know, there will be a lot of that. Yeah, because yeah, but like that's, you, you it's know. natural as well. And that, that's totally. just kind of to do with privacy more than anything. Exactly. Because if the conversation is being had, that's the crucial component, Absolutely. you know, and it doesn't necessarily matter if you're going to say, well, it was exactly. Steve last week exactly. or Details. it was Alan yeah. a month ago. Do you know what I mean? Like it's about exactly. it's about the, the actual conversation. And talking yeah. about it out loud and vocally and not hush hush and not yeah. seeing it as being something that yeah. is taboo. Yeah. I, like, okay, I love that you spoke about pleasure there because yeah. we're actually going to be doing a pleasure month on her Amazing. probably in June like all focused on pleasure like loads of different things about that and I remember mm -hmm. we were kind of just composing um a list of it like there's just so much so to much. talk about yeah. like there really is like you can you can hit the tip of the iceberg and think that you've got it and I was like I think we could have a pleasure year if I'm we being if I'm being totally honest with you like there's so much to talk about like mm -hmm. you said Ashing that a lot of, I think it's women in particular, to be yeah. honest with you, like not, not saying, but I think it's the messages that men are sent through the media and through mm -hmm. like different things. Like it's changing now, but like growing up, pleasure was not something that I necessarily associated with sex no. straight away. The first hurdle was just getting over it. As in, I was like, I've heard it's gonna hurt. Yeah. Let's do this, do you mm -hmm. know? Like that was something that was playing in my mind. But the big thing for, for girls growing up, inevitably, <clears throat> excuse me, is pregnancy. Yeah. So oh. the, the first hurdle for the me fear. was don't have sex because you might get pregnant yeah, and absolutely. you don't, you know, you're not ready to have a baby. You're only 16, 17, you know, the kind of way. I grew up watching so. 16 and Pregnant on MTV and I was always thinking, if I can just get past 16, like yeah. watching that program, I was like, this can't happen to me. Like yeah. it's the fear of God it's that's fear. put into you that like if yeah. you do have sex, you could get pregnant and then that's on you. It's that's ironic, you spend your 20s then trying not to get pregnant as well, especially if you're like out of relationships and you might be having more frivolous sex with mm -hmm. like loads of different partners or whatever, you spend your 20s trying not to have sex and then you spend your 30s trying, trying to, get to get pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like the flip reverse. I don't know how it happens, I don't know when it happens. I think it kind of comes at 26, yeah. 27, yeah. And then yeah. the conversation changes yeah. entirely from everybody, from your peers, from your parents, from your relatives, yeah. like it's when's the baby coming. It's and a yeah. case of buckle down now. You've had your fun. <laughs> That's you know? exactly yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing: the fun shouldn't stop when Never. you, no. you know, when you get married, or or the fun shouldn't stop when you're in a long-term relationship. Yeah. It, you know, and and like that, you know, I want people to be to feel okay. I because I kind of think there's still a double standard for yeah. for men and for women, um, in that. You know, like that, that that old thing of if a man has lots of sexual partners, that's an achievement, and if a woman has lots of sexual partners, it's still seen as a as a negative thing. And yeah. I just really, I really want people to move past that and and see that no matter how many sexual partners either gender has had, or yeah. like you know, that doesn't that isn't what makes a person. It's not what what qualifies them. It's not what defines them. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just I kind of. 
there's so many messages really um, that yeah. I want to kind of get across. It's, it's exciting though, because even the moment that we start talking about like the pleasure element mm. of it, you get like, I'm not getting like that excited, but like you get excited <laughs> yeah. about it because it's a nice positive conversation that you're having about something yeah. that you are allowed and entitled to do mm -hmm. to enjoy yourself, you and know? I think what's important about speaking about pleasure anyway and about the pleasure month that we're doing is that like, Women do love sex and we think about sex all the time. Like we literally think about all the time. As much as men. Yeah. And I think that's often forgotten that it's like a man brings up sex and it's like, oh, sex, you say. Like as if we hadn't thought about it at all. And now that they brought it up, we think about it. Yeah. But it's just that like equal sexes can think about sex as much as possible, you know? Absolutely, so. yeah. Well, look, private education sounds exciting. We don't have a date yet of when it's coming, but it's coming soon. Coming soon. I hope Way. this month. Yeah, coming soon. No pun intended. Actually, that's. <laughs> that, I put that on Instagram the other day. I was like, coming, coming soon. <laughs> no pun intended. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it's, I, I would hope to have um, the first batch of episodes um, ready by the end of April. So this yeah. month, hopefully. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Amazing. look, um, we're going to have to let you go because I think we've been chatting for a good while. Too but long. it was an absolute pleasure Thanks to have so you much. in. Thank you so much for sharing all of your incredible stories. I can't wait to listen to the podcast. Um, invite me on. I'd love to talk about sex. Oh, I will. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Locked in, both um, of you. <laughs> and thank you for giving us our colours. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really excited. go through my day now, a royal purple, and a, I'm feeling that. Yeah, yeah I know royal. someone who got their, their their set tattooed on them. Really? Oh yeah. Gosh. So if you want to take it a step further, <laughs> and then what's? Do you have yeah. your own colours? I didn't even ask. I you. don't. That's the, oh, the weirdest thing okay. ever. I, I, I've tried. I stare in the mirror all day long. Can't find my own colours. Wow. No. Yeah. That's so that interesting. Is, it's so. it's crazy though, because like obviously when you see us, you can see all of those, but then when you yeah. see yourself, you just it's Nothing. just you just see yeah. yourself. It's a little scary, I'll be honest. You yeah. know, but yeah. I wonder other people would see colours on you though. Other people who have synesthesia. Yeah, they do, and I have gotten into stand up arguments about what colour I am, or what, you oh know, what colour I want to be at those arguments. Yeah. Oh my god, same. I'm like, this is popcorn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really very odd. I'll be honest. <sighs> I made. We just like to start talking about synesthesia again. Okay, Denise Curtin and Ashley Keenan, thank you so much for coming in. I'm Eve Meyer, we will chat to you next week.